When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chad and Zay. All right, let's go. Hour number three on this Thursday. A lot going on as we get closer to football season. The Big 12 media has decided... The Longhorns are going to win this football conference. We'll dig further into that. But Texas did get the most first-place votes, and they are the first-place team, according to the media. That just coming out in the last hour or so. It's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. He's Isaiah Collier. We start every third hour with a beat specially selected for all of you. Zay, what do you got? This is k Mean, which is a group producer k Tradana and rapper Amin. They just dropped an album called k Mean, and it's really good. This song's called Uh Uh. Are you saying k Ming like M-I-N-G or me like M-E? M-E. k Mean. Yeah. Okay. All right. It is good. Very dreamy. I like it. Yeah. It's a smooth song, man. Kind of a cool dreamy thing. You were just talking about Ricky Williams and, you know, such things. It's kind of got that vibe to it. <laughs> It's got a little bit of that, you know, dispensary kind of vibe to it. All right, so that beat starting us off this hour. we got a lot to get into. More on that Big 12 media poll coming up at 2.30. Right now, though, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, get some basketball reactions from Keenan Womack of OrangeBloods.com and Draft Punk. You can find him at Keenan Womack on Twitter for all kinds of cool stuff. Keenan, how are you? I'm fantastic. I wanted to comment super quick on the LeBron story about his coaching his son mm-hmm. and say shouts out to my fiance's dad who beat his team beat Steve Kerr's team when they were coaching their daughters because my fiance is the point goddess and she dominated the game and they won. So nice. Maybe he should try his hand at the NBA. No, <laughs> that's right. I remember having you on the right call last year. You said your girl would school you if y'all played one on one. Oh yeah, man. She can ball. That's awesome. That, that is dope. That is so good. Uh, speaking of uh, folks who can ball, Keenan, Longhorn fans are hoping that Ethiel Horton is one of those guys, the UCF, is going to be a grad transfer to Texas. Tell me what you think of this fit for Rodney Terry and uh, and how it could work with the team. I love the pickup. Um, so I, I was told by my source yesterday that he was on campus and uh, – I was expecting a quick commitment. I wasn't expecting that quick of a commitment. (laughs) That was pretty quick. Um, That was like two days later, a day later. Um, I think he fits great. You know, I I, I talked about this on my podcast, uh, as you may be aware, both of you, (laughs) um, about how Horton, how how the Longhorns kind of need more off-ball perimeter players, and Horton fits the bill for that. You know, he doesn't need the ball to make things happen. He's a catch-and-shoot threat. Uh, he's a big guard, too. He can probably play some minutes at the wing. He can probably guard wings a little bit, too. He's about 6'5". 
Uh, and, you know, size on the perimeter is something the long ones have kind of been lacking uh, in this offseason. So it's good to get somebody that can sort of fill that hole. He's also uh, a good shooter, good scorer, put about 12.5 points a game last year on a you know, decently competitive Central Florida team that had a lottery pick on it. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's a really nice pickup for Rodney Terry, and it's really the last piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I completely agree, Keenan. By the way, catch that podcast that Keenan's talking about, The Wolf of Ball Street. Episode 1 had Shad on it. Great first episode. I'm going to be on episode 2. Very excited about that. But, Keenan, you know, yes, you think about Dylan Mitchell, and now, you know, I thought there is a little added pressure before the Horton commitment because I – you know, you would think Dylan Mitchell would have to play a lot more three just because, like you said, they didn't have much size when it came to the wing. Now, what we've seen with what UConn did and how many ways they could score and beat you and going on to win a national championship, this Texas team now it seems like they have a roster where they could play different styles, where you could go big with Shedrick, DeSue, or Mitchell, or you could go small with a three-guard lineup with Ace Miss, Hunter, and now Horton, maybe Kendall Weaver too, Chris Johnson, who knows. But all those guys I named, I didn't even mention Zirik Oyema, Brock Cunningham. They're so deep now. If somebody gets hurt, God forbid, you would think they'll still be competitive to make a run. Definitely, and I was talking to um, a scout the other day about Dylan Mitchell and how we both kind of agree if he wants to play uh, big minutes in the NBA, he's going to have to do it at the wing position. I just think he's built in a laboratory to play wing. He just looks like an NBA wing out there running around. He's fast. He's got great strides, uh, great explosive leaping ability, things like that, so... I don't know that the pressure is on as far as, like, will he get playing time. I, th- I understand sort of why you why somebody would think that, as in, like, okay, they're bringing in these guys, same position, but they, they, they have pretty different roles. So I don't know that uh, Horton's presence on the team is going to affect uh, Dylan Mitchell's role or minutes as much as you may expect. Keenan, in terms of you know Horton being there now and, and the way you see all this fitting together, give me a Longhorn that benefits the most from what they just put together. Who do you think is going to get shown off the most by this combo of players? Well, it depends. So I like I like Aismis as far as he's a very underrated pick and roll passer. So that's why I like the Shedrick pickup for him. Uh, I like I like the pickup of Horton for Tyrese Hunter. Even it helps take some of that pressure, that scoring pressure off of him, so he can you know focus a little bit more on distribution. Um, I, I just really like the way they set this thing up. I mean, they've got guys that are good at throwing these skip passes, and they have so many catch and shoot three point threats. I'm really, really interested to see what the offense looks like. I think it's going to be really good. And they have several guys now who can shoot threes at a really high level. Uh, It should be a very interesting offense. They should be scoring a lot of points this year. Mm -hmm. 
Keenan, you head out to Vegas to catch some summer league and also get into some other things. I mean, it's Vegas. I can't knock you for that, dog. Do your thing, <laughs> do your thing playboy. But, you know, just, I'm sure you're going to try to see Serge Jabari Rice play. He just signed that two-way deal with the Austin Spurs and the San Antonio Spurs, which he just seems like a Miami Heat-type guy where even though he's on the Spurs, he <laughs> seems like he's going to be an undrafted player that's going to play a long time in the NBA just because he's underrated with his athleticism his wingspan's longer than you think and we just know he's a very smart player what do you look forward to in watching Serge Barry Rice in the summer league and for his future career yeah I think you know I've uh, I have my UT basketball podcast but I have an NBA podcast too and I've had on about five or six episodes of that and I've asked every single person what they think of Serge Barry Rice because most of these guys are scouts or beat writers, or at least, you know, aware. Every single one of them agree with me. This is an NBA player. I don't know if he's a starter, but he's definitely a guy that can carve out a role. And I think he's a guy that can play 10, 15 minutes a game. Uh, he's, you know, the thing about Serge Barry Rice is that he's not super elite at anything other than that shot fake, which is the best I've ever seen. But he's really good at everything. He doesn't have a glaring weakness. He's a pretty good shooter, pretty good uh, perimeter defender, pretty good athlete. Uh, he does have a high IQ. That shot fake is super nasty. I love watching it. Um, I just think he's the type of guy that fits into an organization, plays for them for a while, uh, carves out a role for himself. He's just that type of guy where the Spurs seem like, I know you said Miami Heat, but the Spurs seem like a great fit for him too. In my mind, it's a winning franchise that's on the right on the right track in my mind as well. Talking with Keenan Womack, orangebloods.com, draft punk, and check out at Keenan Womack to find out about all of it. Uh, Keenan, we've established you're a Mavs fan like me. Let's talk about Grant Williams. I got really excited when I saw the name because I feel like if there's a dark alley of basketball problems, he's willing to go into it and solve the problems. Would you agree? Yeah, man. I think Grant is an excellent pickup for the Mavericks. I've been really impressed with Nico Harrison over the last month. Uh, I think he absolutely aced the draft. I think he's done a fantastic job in free agency, um, especially if they can sign Matisse Tybel. I really like that, too, because the Mavericks have enough offensive firepower, right? They have Luka, they have Kyrie, now they have Seth Curry, they have Tim Hardaway Jr., they have guys that can score. So they focus the entire draft and offseason on guys that can defend and rebound. So they drafted Lively at 10. They drafted Olivier Maxon's Prosper at 24. They picked up Rashawn Holmes from the Kings. And uh, they re-signed Dwight Powell, and now they picked up Grant Williams. So, you know, they, I think they really did a good job. They understand the window and how much talent is on that roster at the moment. They have to maximize. They have to capitalize on these two superstars in your backcourt at the same time. Real quick, I'll ruin the Thibel thing for you. It was matched. Portland matched the offer earlier. I saw that. No, yeah. I know Portland matched. I'm just, I'm wondering if te- if uh, the Mavericks will raise or, or or what. 
Well, I guess that yeah. can I guess I can do that. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's it. true. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah. uh yeah, Keenan, you know with the Mavs, there's just so much at stake, especially when you sign Kyrie Irving to all that money. And we know when Kyrie's locked in, he's one of the greatest players ever, but it takes a lot for him to be locked in. I mean, uh, you know, just the breeze in the wind could throw him completely off and you might not see him for a couple of months. How fearful are you of that type of situation? Because it could be a long three years, depending on what we've seen with Kyrie Irving from his Boston and Brooklyn days. Yeah, so I kind of go against the grain on this. I think he's going to be a really good player for the Mavericks, and I think he's going to not, you know, screw around. I real I don't know why. I just have a feeling he's 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 just going to lock in and just play and. I'm super happy with the contract he was signed to. I didn't think the Mavericks overpaid at all. Yes, I get there were no other real suitors, but you got him for less than the max. He is a max player, no doubt, when he's on the court. Obviously, best ability is availability, but I don't know, man. I, I think the Mavericks made the right move. I think they had to shoot from half court, try to get a superstar with Luka, show, them, show Luka that they're serious about contending now. Uh, because Luke is a good enough player to contend with as your best player right now. They just need to build around him. He showed that a couple of years ago, getting to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I mean, they lost to the Warriors, the eventual champs. But, you know, I think uh, it's a it's a really, really smart move to have re-signed Kyrie. And I'm, I'm really impressed with the Mavericks offseason. I think they addressed almost all of their needs. Keenan, uh, where's your brain right now on Harden and Lillard? Uh, do you, do, does something really make sense to you right now for both, or do you think they're both going to kind of float for a while? I think flirtation is probably going to be it for a while. Um, I haven't even caught up with the Harden stuff. I've been working on college basketball for the last couple of days, but I mean, the last I heard about Harden, wasn't he going to re-sign with the Sixers? Is that not true anymore? He's re-up, but the idea is they're trying to find a trade. They're trying to find something that you okay. know, where, where they can trade him, and then Lillard has just let Portland know he wants to be traded, and that one is just kind of stopped right there. Yeah, I heard that about Lillard. I don't know about Harden, man. I mean, like, I think, uh, I don't know who they're trying to get, another ball-dominant point guard, but, like, you have Embiid, so you don't really need a guy that scores a ton from the guard squad. And, but they already have Tyrese Maxey, too, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do because I think Harden has obviously lost a step, but, I mean, isolation is one of the best ever, you know? So yeah. I think he's got value no matter what. Yeah, James Harden has a lot of those same thoughts of Kyrie Irving. You never know what you're going to get. Off-season, get a little distracted at times. You know, James yep. like them strip clubs and et cetera. But, you know, he Keenan, loves the club. Ah, he does, man. It's a weakness. Sometimes a weakness. Keenan, let me ask you this. The in-season tournament for 2023-2024 season coming up in early December kind of has that European soccer feel. We've never seen it before at the NBA level. What do you think about that? Because you, we we will be locked in the college football and the beginning of college basketball. Where will your attention be when that tournament comes about? I mean, it's it's not fair to ask me because, of course, I'm going to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, you know, I think it's interesting that they're trying to spice things up, try new things, uh, you know, I mean, the NFL is just so far and away the number one sport in this country that I think it's smart of the NBA to at least try 
try new things, see if they can compete. Um, you know, they're not going to beat the NFL, but, you know, they can up their numbers. And basketball is becoming a very international game. So the idea of kind of adopting this European model probably makes sense to a lot of European fans. So I think it's probably a good idea for that reason. That's Keenan Womack, orangebloods.com, Draft Punk. Check out uh, Twitter at Keenan Womack. You can get directed to all the good stuff, including that podcast. I was on episode one. Zay's going to be on episode two, which means it's got to be a success. I mean, if those are your first two guests, I mean, come on. You talk about ramping up, baby. Come on. That is home run. You're, You're right. That's smacking a double off the wall in your first swing and then a home run in your second swing. You are off to a good start, Mr. Womack. We appreciate the time as always, brother. Best of luck with everything. And, hey, safe trip to Vegas. Remember, if you're going up behind Victor Wimbenyama to get a picture, do it very carefully. (laughs) All right, guys. I will let you know how it goes. I'll talk to you all soon, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Keenan Womack. Now, I'm going to tell you what. If Keenan Womack walks up to Victor Wimbenyama the way Brittany did, he may really get decked. Oh, because might get slammed. Because at least she's a good-looking blonde, right? I'm not saying Keenan's not a good-looking guy, but no, he he to, might get Bill Goldberg speared. Whew, that's a tough. He's a guy. I mean, he's a he's a young guy with a beard. Looks yeah. like he might have an ulterior motive. Mm, you yeah, know what I mean? That wouldn't be a good sight. Looks like he might be trying to get Victor to invest in some kind of weird, you know, beard product. Yeah, gr- some grooming company. <laughs> get decked right to the yeah, ground. Be careful. Got to be, be careful. careful. Everybody, it's a good lesson for everybody now about encountering Wimbenyama in Vegas. All right, coming up, it is July 6th. We'll tell you why today matters. Big 12 media poll is out. Longhorn fans, you got all the pressure you thought you would get. The media says you're going to win it. Now, what team should be pissed off the most by the media poll? To me, the answer is obvious. We'll tell you next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. All right. Wow. There's a lot going. There's a lot going on in this song. I heard Waffle House and Freddy Krueger already. Oh man. Rolling through a Thursday. I feel like this one's way too new for me, Yo. certainly, and maybe even you. It- you might be right. I feel so old listening to this. Oh, my God. But this is the new dude. Who is it? He's 17 years old. Uh-huh. His name is La Tyler. Lil L-U-H. Tyler. Not Lil. Not L-I-L. Okay. Like what we grew up on with Lil Wayne and those type of guys. La. Just like L-I? L-U-H. Oh, L-U-H. Oh, La. La Tyler. La Tyler. Yo, he's taking the game by storm. Because he's 17 years old. He was 16, just turned 17, I want to say, in February. And he talks like a grown-ass man. Okie doke. So, and this is the Law & Order beat, by the way, which is pretty cool. The Law & Order beat. All right. La Tyler. Got to remember that one. Rush, Billy Ocean, Robert Gordon, and Blondie all on the show today. Plus the Katrami beat oh, to man. get the hour started. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to do some heavy, heavy hip-hop education to get to that level. Yeah, little Tyler, he might need a whooping. Like he's, I've never heard anybody describe smoking weed the way that he does. He (laughs) says he kisses Mary Jane. I've never heard anybody Ah. say that in the history of hip hop. I've never somebody let me know 
if he stole that from somebody or you heard that back in the day, I've never heard anybody say. He's a romantic. Very romantic. Yeah. But Absolutely. I was like, yo, this kid, I get it. The man's in love. I, I get it. What I see why he's say? different. And yeah. the fact that he's 17, he looks like he's 14. But, yeah, man, he, I don't know how long he's going to you know, be on top. Because once you hit 20 and you keep rapping like this, you're just the ordinary rapper. Is that right? Yeah. The t- <laughs> what, you're in your 20s and stuff? <laughs> you're, you're washed yeah, up. Yeah, you're washed up. So he, he's going to have to mix it up a little bit. But right now, he's riding the wave. I can't knock it. Hey, good luck to him. All right. Hopefully the wave continues for him. We'll see if uh, the wave continues for uh, a lot of things. Certainly the wave is continuing for Longhorn basketball. Uh, the wave of good news for them. We talked about Atheo Horton of UCF, the grad transfer that's coming to Texas. Uh, Mavericks also making the move to get Grant Williams. By the way, if you're a Spurs fan and you missed it. You end up with Reggie Bullock off of that deal, plus a pick swap with the Mavs in 2030. Uh, Boston was also involved in that with some trade stuff and money, freeing up money and everything. All right, so we've hit some NBA today, but let's get into why today matters. It will include the Big 12 media poll. Yeah, they like the Longhorns. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All right, so let's dig into this Big 12 media poll. Preseason poll was released. All the media uh, voting ahead of Big 12 media days next Wednesday and Thursday. Remember, we'll be covering things live on Wednesday with the shows 10 to 7. So that will include our show on Wednesday from Jerry World, and then Thursday, we'll all be back here, but still talking about things. Texas is there on Wednesday, which is why we're there on Wednesday. So the Longhorns do get that first place nod. There were um, a lot of first place votes out there. I want to say about 60 or 70 of them, something like that, if I am counting correctly. And um, yeah, I believe that is true. So... um, First place votes, the Longhorns get 41 of them. 41 first place votes. That's way more than anybody else. Second place was 14. We'll get to them in a moment. But Texas is picked first. And Zay, you said it earlier, this is what it's supposed to be. Steve Sarkeesian has built it this way. He says this is the team that looks like he wants it to look, felt feels like he wants it to feel. So I think he would say it's a team that should be picked at least in the top two slots to play for the Big 12 title, he's got the top slot here. Yeah, if I'm Sark next week at Big 12 Media Day and they ask me, what do you think about all the first place votes? First thing I would say, we ain't hiding. (laughs) We ain't hiding from nobody. This is why I came here as a coach, to coach the best, to be the best. This is what it is. I know we haven't seen that in the last decade and some change and stuff, even though Sam Ellinger said we're back after the Sugar Bowl. like That really didn't mean nothing. We haven't been back. So now you're getting the we back respect. You got to live up to it. Mm-hmm. And this season, you don't have like you have the most weapons that you've ever had. You got a lot of people coming back. Ten starters on the offensive side, a ton on the defensive side. You got really good transfers in. You got really good recruiting class. Like, what's the problem? I don't see no issues. You should. I know the schedule's tough. We went through it early in the first segment, or excuse me, in the first hour. It's definitely tough, but hey, 
it's always going to be tough. This is the University of Texas. Like, we ain't hiding. This is what it should be, and you got to embrace it. Yeah, and they're going to have – I think one of the, the stats I saw for Texas to explain kind of what could be tough this year is they're one of the only teams, if not the only team in the Big 12, that has to face all the top teams from last year. Some of the other teams get a little break here and there. Texas does not get that break. Uh, so they got to play everybody. Everybody's going to be out in front of them. Longhorns picked number one. It's K-State that's picked number two by the media. I was wondering if it was going to be one of those teams that played for it last year. It's the one that won it last year. K-State gets 14 first-place votes. So that puts Oklahoma in the number uh, three spot. They got four first-place votes. Zay, this surprised me a little bit. Texas Tech and McGuire getting the love at the number four spot with four first-place votes. And to me, the next team is the one that needs to be pissed and will have the, the, the chip on the shoulder. The media is kicking TCU down to number five, three first-place votes. The media is not giving Sonny Dykes the credit for being able to rebuild this thing. They think because Duggan is gone and certain other guys are gone, they think TCU is going to slip and slip pretty big. Yeah, I think they're going to slip too. I mean, naturally, how could you not? You know, like, and plus a lot of people say he inherited Gary Patterson's roster. Mm -hmm. So, hey, he still has a lot to prove. Even though they got their ass beat in the national championship game, they got there and they had a lot of those guys that played in that game go to the National Football League this past year. So, yeah, they're doing a lot of rebuilding down there in Fort Worth, and they should beat there. You know what, Chad? Mm -hmm. What's interesting to me, where's Kansas at? Because Kansas is at nine. We got Jalen Daniels winning, you know, player of the year offensively. It don't make no sense if they're going to be in ninth place and him winning. Some got to add up. That's a great point. Some ain't right there. Ah, you know, that's very fishy to me. I don't get how somebody that's picked ninth place in the conference is going to win player of the year in the conference. Mm -hmm. That don't add up to me. I wasn't the best at math. I know that don't add up. That's an interesting point. I would agree with you there. You're right. All the way down at number nine for Kansas to fill it in. Baylor at six, Oklahoma State at seven, and they got a first place vote. Somebody voted Oklahoma State number one in this conference, so, but they're seven overall. UCF is eight. You want to know about the new teams? Who's the highest ranked? Everybody thought it would be UCF, and it is. Then Kansas at nine, Iowa State 10, BYU 11, Houston 12, Cincinnati 13, and West Virginia is at 14. So the, the couple things that would stand out to me, I like your thought about Kansas. They should use this ranking to their benefit because they probably feel like they're going to be a better team than that. The other one I wonder about, Zay, is Cincinnati going to be that bad? Are they going to be second to last kind of bad this year? They always got dudes, man. Like Sauce Gardner, he was there not too long ago. I so know. I expect them. Like, who Then they have Kobe Bryant there who went on to Seattle. Wasn't he a Cincinnati Bear? I don't know for sure. but I think they, you might be they right. They always have dudes. Randomly, yeah. just guys that were lost and being recruited by Ohio State but want to stay home because Ohio, they put out some football players. Yeah. They're serious about football. The Hall of Fame ain't there for no reason. So 
I the crop that they don't get that go to Ohio State, Cincinnati gets a lot of those guys from Cleveland and, you know, Dayton and those big cities in Ohio. And they always end up with kind of like, you know, Iowa States and just turning those three stars, two stars into really good players. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to have to do some more research on that. I think the yeah. Bearcats deserve more respect. The thing, though, when you look at those teams, all the new teams, we're going to keep hearing it and talking about it. We'll hit hit, hit this next week, I'm sure, because uh, when we are there on that Wednesday. It's going to be BYU and Houston are the new, the two new teams that are there. And then the next day on Thursday, it'll be Cincinnati uh, and UCF. But with all four of those teams, you're going to hear stuff like, last year they played this many Power Fives, this year they're playing this many. And, it's, and the numbers are going from like 4 to 10 or 5 to 10. Right. And so that's one of the things people are going to lean on a little bit. So, again, the media preseason poll, Texas all the way up at the top, but six different teams getting first-place votes from the Big 12 media. Should be interesting. Again, to me, I'd give TCU a little more love than that. I'm trusting Sonny Dykes to come with a little more something than that. Right now, where that game is placed I think TCU is in a pretty good spot to I'd right now I would pick them to beat Texas on November 11th. That's just me. But listen to how their season starts. Colorado, that game at home we've talked about, then Nichols at Houston, SMU, West Virginia, at Iowa State, BYU. Anybody think they're losing one of those games? Like for sure? I don't know. If they get by Colorado and they get on a little run there, they'll go to Manhattan on October 21st and they finish in Lubbock Texas Baylor both at home and at Oklahoma. Yeah, I think Joey McGuire has a reason to be a little hot, too, because they are bringing a lot of guys back. I think Tyler Shuck is very underrated in this conference. And he oh, you'd really want the good... third spot if you're McGuire? Or even the I, second? I would want more respect than what they gave us. Okay. Hell yeah, they got him at number four, right? Yeah, but you got four first-place votes. So? what this, what that mean? You already a little, little, little brother. It's four more than I thought you were gonna get. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> I didn't think he was getting four first like, place Texas votes. Tech ain't even the little brother. They're like what Scrappy Doo was to Scooby Doo. I understand, right? But uh, I mean, I just I didn't think they were gonna be up there. I would have put just I, and maybe it's. I'm not saying you just give it off of what they were last year, but man, I did this really. It feels like the media is is. They're believing TCU is really going to fall apart Max Duggan in at was, least a part of a part of way. Max Duggan was in New York. I got it, but the guy— Hodges Thomason won the best he quarterback did. award. He, win the, he won the Thorpe. I got you. But the guy that beat out Max Duggan for the quarterback job at the beginning of the year is their quarterback this year, and there's transfers coming in. And do you really think the back end of that defense is going to suck in 2023? No, but, man, just naturally, you have to have some type of— you know, yeah. regroup. I'm not saying they're going to be fighting Michigan at that level. I'm just telling the rest of the Big 12 not to forget about them. Absolutely. That might be a, a bit of a dangerous game if you're going to play the like, ah, nah, TCU, we don't have to worry about them. I don't know. I think I think there may be some worry no, there. The they did get three first-place votes, to be fair. The Horns got a lot of trap games this year. That Baylor game, trap game. The game at Ames right before Texas Tech, uh, second to last game of the season, huge trap game. Like, mm-hmm. it's still 
Matt Campbell. Like, he could coach a little bit. Dude, Hunter I- Decker's lit us up last year. If it wasn't for that fourth down whip route that Xavier Wordy had, beautiful play Ooh, to yeah. win the game, yep. then this team would have been 7-5 and five instead of 8-5. and five. I'm glad you mentioned that first game, too, because I was looking at this schedule the other day, and I thought, boy, if there's one game nobody is talking about from the Longhorn perspective, it's Waco. Oh, Nobody. Two weeks after Bama, two weeks, <laughs> it's Rice, Bama, Wyoming, and then Aranda. That game scares me. At his place, with a running attack that should still be pretty nasty. Right. Shapin's at quarterback. You really think that Baylor team doesn't think they can run the ball on you, Texas? That's what I'm saying. Just keeping the ball out of as good as the offense can be for Texas this year. If they don't touch it, it's hard to score. Dave Aranda is getting six-yard gains, two-yard gains, three-yard gains, four-yard gains. Just mm-hmm. just continue to beat you up and run that clock down. Yeah, it could get very, very murky out in Waco that time of the year. That's an interesting part of that schedule. At Waco, come back home and host Kansas. How good is Dan- are Daniels in Kansas at that point? And then OU is the very next game. lot to get to as we get towards Big 12 season. Big 12 media says it's going to be Texas and K-State. Let's just, let's just make it that, right? If they're picking the one-two, they think Texas and Kansas State are going to meet at Jerry World for that last Big 12 title that the Longhorns could get. That could be an interesting one. That could be truly fascinating if Brett Yormark and the crew in the Big 12 has one of those two teams, Texas or Oklahoma, and one of their teams that's going to stick around to play each other in the championship. Because we all know the Big 12 will be rooting for their current member and then, the you know, obviously rooting to send Texas or OU out at least with a loss there if they can't send them out with some kind of bad season. One of the biggest things that Steve Sarkeesian's really going to have to pay attention to all year, and it starts now, is making sure this team stays even killed. A lot of people are talking about you. I've been looking at you know Four Letter Network, and they got Quinn Ewers going top ten in the twenty twenty four draft and stuff like that, based off what he did at Manning Camp. Mm-hmm. Manning Camp, like oh y'all see his arm at Manning Camp compared to the other quarterbacks and stuff like that, which he did show his ass. I feel him on that, but still, <laughs> like it's the pads weren't on that Manning Camp. Yeah, you Speak, know what I'm saying. Speaking of pads on, what about that pads off picture of the five quarterbacks flexing? You think the national media is going to care about that one when they see it? I hope not. If they haven't already seen it, you know, how many times are you going to see that one, Zay? Through the oh, season, long. oh my god! You think the other teams aren't going to show their defenses that one? <laughs> hey, look, here's what their quarterback room is focused on this off season. You can turn that into anything. When you're out, out, out about hating a brand like that, you're right. they will get all over that one. You don't think Sonny Dykes is going to show his defensive guys that picture a few times? All right, uh, season is coming fast. How about 58 days till Texas plays Rice on September 2nd? Big 12 Media Day is coming up next Wednesday and Thursday. Longhorns picked to win the conference by the media. Coming up next, stems and seeds before we get out of here. We'll see if we missed anything, then get you off the ball. Don't lie. Don't move. It's the horn. Chad and Zay. Just about, just about done 
on a Thursday. I like the Krispy Kreme reference. Nice and early. What do you got, Zay? I don't have a chance at this one. I can tell. No. What do you got? Little Boozy. Who? Little Boozy. Now, this is back to L-I-L? Yeah, it's back to L-I-L. And Boozy? Boozy. So we've had Lil Boozy and La Tyler. La Tyler, yeah. Do I need to lean in on that, or do I sound old when I say La Tyler? That sounds about right. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. I want to make sure I'm giving everybody their spelling, you know, give the proper stuff for spelling. <laughs> Musicians have gotten really crazy on all this stuff, the spelling, how oh, we yeah. present our songs, do we capitalize, or we go lowercase, all of it. Zach Lucero for Flex ATX, one of his favorite R&B artists name is black but uh-huh. he spells it with a six then like a l a c k i'm sorry i almost got through that without laughing i almost no he's a good artist i tried i tried to nod as you were starting it no, i couldn't finish that he's way, a though. good artist like zach lucero i know why that's your dude like black is fire just the name it's the name is, is six weird. and a what like an L. A six and an L. Oh, my God. That's yeah. funny. All right. Uh, so we had Lil Boozy, La Tyler, Rush, Billy Ocean, Robert Gordon, and Blondie all on the show today. And the K- K-tramy? K-tramy. 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 Yeah. The K-tramy beat to start the hour. Which is two guys, K-tradonna and Amin. You combine that. Bring K-tramy. them together. K-Tramine. There yeah. you go. All right. So we've had a lot on the show today, uh, starting off with uh, Atheo Horton coming from UCF to Texas, grad transfer. The Mavs getting Grant Williams in that deal. Plus, we've hit a lot of college football today. Longhorns picked by the media to win the Big 12. We figured that was coming, and it was today. So let's get you some stems and seeds here before we are done. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Glad to hear, well, I'd say everybody's okay, but ultimately I think the guy's okay. That cameraman that got hit by the throw in the Baltimore Yankees game suffered an orbital fracture. They think he's going to be all right, though. He's resting. He says he appreciates everybody's love. Pete Stendel is his name, and poor Gunnar Henderson. Zay is the shortstop for the Orioles who fired that ball over there and airmailed the thing, and and you know he has to feel terrible, but busted the dude's orbital bone. Yo, Chuck Knobloch somewhere saying, hot damn, because that throw was ridiculous. Oh, come on. It wasn't the yips. He was oh, trying to turn a double either play. Way, either way. You're going to get on it for trying to turn a double play and if missing? If a dude has to go to the ER because you can't make that throw, that's a problem. That's a problem. Orioles, we need to be looking at the AAA system, seeing who's coming up, because that's not a good – it might be the yips after it. I don't know. That's a little traumatizing. For me, putting someone in the ER, I'm that's not- a little traumatizing. That's just me, though. See, I'm thinking the yes yes network people need to tell their camera people to have their head on a swivel True. a little more. True. The at Yankee Q's, Stadium. They, they got to be up a little more. You got yeah, to be – Come on now. Yeah, you got to be – make sure on a piece of play. He's trying to get the right shot, though. Oh, Okay. I don't know. That's tough. Plus, if I'm a camera operator, as long as the camera is up above that little place where they have the you know the guard or the fence, well, my face is behind that camera. <laughs> Where's your face, man? Let the camera take that. Right, right. Yeah. I'd, have, I'd have been ducking behind that camera as soon as he threw the ball. That's tough. That's man. rough, man. I hope he's going to be all right. Also, in baseball, they released the home run derby guys uh, for next week. You get excited about home run derby? You care? 
depends on who's in it. Okay. I usually end up getting into it. Pete Alonso and Julio Rodriguez are going head up in the first round. Mookie Betts for the first time. Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s in it. He's okay. always fun to watch. Uh, and then Yeah, because his pops has won it a few times, right? Yes. I know he's been in it. I'm not sure if his dad won it or not. Okay. Also, the uh, stud for the Rangers, Adolis Garcia. If you haven't seen him, he's the four seed in this one, taking on a Rosarena. That is Monday night, home run derby. Also, we found out Mike Trout did have surgery on that wrist. It's four to eight weeks. Yeah. And shout out to our man uh, Harge. I heard them talking on the afternoon show. Harge has broken that bone before, and yesterday on the show when when Rod said, "Well, yeah, they just put him on the ten day IL." Harge is like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, that's like four to eight weeks." Actually, I think yesterday he might have said six to eight or four to wow. six or whatever it was. He definitely laid it out there today. They're saying four to eight weeks. Man, so no shout one, out to you, Harge. No one Harge anything to get on base. He probably leaned into it. Oh come on. <laughs> That's not what he – he actually said it gets broken a lot. I didn't right. realize it was that much. He talked about Canseco breaking that bone years ago. He broke it, and they told him if he didn't fix it right, his hand could have ended up permanently closed, that he wouldn't have been able to use his hand. If you oh. if you didn't let that broken bone – it's a little bitty bone, but it'll drive you nuts if you leave it alone. Ugh. It could cause some serious damage. That's tough. Never knew about that. That hamet, haymate bone, H-A-M-A-T-E, the hamet bone – I didn't even know I had one. Learned about it yesterday. Ball Don't Lie coming up with Harge and Rod and Patrick. Longhorn Blitz podcast tonight at 7. Be careful out in this rain. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya.